You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's uh, bring in Joel Corey right now from CBS Sports. He's a contracts analyst. He is uh, fantastic. I mean, this has been the guy that I've gone to now for about four years. Once he, once I found him on Twitter, that was that's the guy that I follow. And Joel, welcome to the show. Lance Erline and Willie Colon with you here on NFL No Huddle. Um, I, I want to ask you this: How much has Major League Baseball and, and and the Moneyball concept in principle of value, you know, of, of output versus the amount of money you're going to pay for that output that we saw that that has really governed Major League Baseball. How much of that right now do you think is responsible for how the NFL is being run? Um, it lags behind MLB and the NBA. Uh, if Cleveland becomes successful. Since they are taking an analytics-driven approach, then you'll see more teams put it at the forefront of what they do. Uh, Teams have always kind of had certain ways they allocated money uh, under the salary cap. Uh, One of the positions you're seeing which has been devalued more so than others is a running back because you can find them any place in the draft more or less or as an undrafted free agent. Jordan Howard, fifth-round pick. Uh, J.H.I.A., fifth-round pick. You necessarily need to spend a ton of money at the running back position. You're always going to pay a quarterback because you're dead in the water without one. Look at Jacksonville. Have pieces in place. Quarterback is the Achilles heels, and you always got to pay a guy who's going to chase the uh, quarterback, put pressure on him. Yeah, but I watched it here in Houston, and I I applauded the move of paying Adrian, or, or rather Arian Foster, who played – with an undrafted contract for three years, and then the Texans took care of him. And I remember having people from around the league, like three different people said, boy, the Texans are stupid. They should have put a transitional tag on them or uh, you know, a- another tag on them and let the market set and then decide whether or not they want to keep them. And I thought, boy, that's cold-blooded to look at it that way when this guy's been balling out for you for three years at, at an undrafted uh, contract. But then, you know, their answer was always the same. Hey, this is it's just business. That's just the way it is. He's going to get paid, but let the market set itself. Are, do you like that mindset? Is that a necessary mindset for teams? Uh, if you look at it from the standpoint that you're being very clinical, it's what you expect. Uh, I don't think there's much loyalty in the NFL generally. Uh, that's kind of how I viewed it as an agent. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, that teams would take that approach. The thing is, when teams apply the it's just business, they need to also be able to respect the fact that if a player has leverage and applies it's just business, accept it and don't get bent out of shape because that rarely happens when the shoe's on the other foot that the team takes it kindly. Joe, we obviously just watched Matthew Stafford, uh, five years, $135 million, uh, contract extension, uh, we know what he just pushed. The, he just pushed the bar. He set the market. What do you think Matt Ryan and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' uh, contract is going to look like when it's due time? That's probably going to be next off season because uh, Ryan's going to be in a contract year, and Aaron Rodgers has gotten years done of two years out on his deal. Um, the guy you didn't mention will probably get the deal, which surprises everyone as a undraft as a unrestricted free agent is hurt. Kirk Cousins, if he hits the open market, he could be a $30 million per year guy if he's done what he's done the past two years. That would set the stage for Ryan and Rodgers. I think regardless 
what Cousins does, these guys are going to be pushing $30 million a year and $100 million in guarantees. That's just where the market's headed for guys who can command top dollar quarterback. We're here with Joel Corey, CBS Sports uh, Contracts Analyst. Willie, you got uh, – Willie – Yep. You speaking of you know it's interesting that he said when a player has leverage don't hate on the player for you want to use that leverage. Exactly. One of the guys from your family of the offensive line click Dwayne Brown is right here in Houston. Right. And he has not shown up yet. And rightfully so. I I mean I think Dwayne understands you talk about value. I mean the Houston and Texas offensive line isn't very good. Um they're serviceable. Uh, there's a lot of guys who, I mean, my right tackle was with me and then just Breno Jock. I mean, he's a veteran guy. He's coming off a of back. Dwayne Brown knows his value. He knows how much he's worth. And he's he, he understands that his longevity and his career is is coming to an end soon. I mean, he could probably play five more years, but his, his window is now. So I don't, I'm not mad at him saying, hey, pay me because I know what I can bring to the table and I know how much you guys need me. You just mentioned, Joe, there's, there's no loyalty here. So if a guy feels like he, he's putting up the right numbers and he's producing, pay the man what he deserves. Oh, I've been through a couple of lengthy protracted holdouts, one of Jimmy Smith and then another of Cameron Cardell. So I'm not opposed to holdouts, but you got to know who you're dealing with and evaluate your likelihood of success before you undertake it. Brown's best thing is the offensive line's in disarray, but there's some challenges for him. One, this team rarely does a guy with more than a year out. They had to readjust Andre Johnson because he was so underpaid um, in 2010. Then they did J.J. Watt with multiple years left on his contract. But the problem is, if they do Brown, they got a guy underpaid on the defense, Whitney Merciless. Mm-hmm. With two years left, Whitney Merciless next year is going to go. What about me? You got Dwayne Brown with two years left. You got Dwayne Hopkins in a contract year. You've upset him, and then you've set the stage for J.J. Watt to come back if he's the same guy he's been before the back surgeries with multiple years left, and go look. They're twenty million dollar per year defensive players, which is where we're headed. Damn, Joel, I'm you're just ruining the you're just ruining the whole Texans. <laughs> I mean, you just, you just stay where you are and let just let Texans be, please. No, I'm just explaining why I think Dwayne Brown is going to have a problem getting anything done. Plus, this team doesn't do anything once the regular season starts. If you don't get a deal done before the start of regular season, yeah, they don't negotiate true. in season. So the Texans are probably just going to wait them out, and then Dwayne Brown is going to have to decide, do I want to play football or not? Because they're not going to do anything once the season starts. Because once teams have some sort of precedent established, they will fight it tooth and nail to preserve it. So time's running out for him, and I think he's not going to be successful. Joe, just switching uh, ships over to my old team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Talk about Lavery on Bell and his deal, and his deal, and as far as the pressure on the Steelers to kind of appease him and get something done. I think Pittsburgh went beyond and above the call of duty, given the right? running back market. As you know, being a former Steeler, they don't give a lot of guaranteed money in their deals. So if you're ever going to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you won't have guaranteed money like you would elsewhere. You may have a better cash flow. So $12 million for a running back when the top of the market is basically eight, he's great. But is he 50% greater than the rest of the market? No. So <laughs> I think he made a mistake turning down that deal. Hopefully he stays healthy, doesn't have any more issues with the drug policy, and he can knock it out the park, have 2,200 yards from scrimmage, 
and do what he can do when he's healthy, and maybe they won't put a franchise tag on him next year for $14.5 million. And he can be the litmus test for what a great back is worth on the open market. If I'm David Johnson, I'm not happy he didn't accept that deal because that would have been my floor. Mm, good point. I, I gotta, I've got an interesting scenario here. So you mentioned New Hopkins, and he was a guy last year who played with Brock Osweiler who – he did no favors for Hopkins in that contract value. And, and and DeAndre was, you know, I mean, he wanted, he's a wide receiver. He knows his contract's coming up. He wanted to get a new deal done. The team wouldn't do the deal uh, with him. He had Brock Osweiler. Osweiler was terrible. And then here we are the next year, and he's got to be thinking, wow, this is my last year of my contract. If we don't get a deal done this offseason, what am I going to do? Because I've got Tom Savage and a rookie in in uh, Deshaun Watson. So if you're the Texans, do you hold against him uh, substandard quarterback play for his for his output? Do you try to use that as leverage against him in a contract situation when he has performed exceptionally well when the ball's been thrown his way? Oh, yeah, I would expect that to come up in any negotiation. That's he dirty. had it down here. But then the agent's going to explain why it was the down year because you had a horrible quarterback. Allen, Allen Robinson's probably had the same problem in Jacksonville this year. Um, I think that's part of the reason why he was so adamant about Savage needs to be the quarterback because he doesn't want to have two years in a row, one with Osweiler, then a rookie, throwing him the football and have two bad years potentially in a row. The thing is, I think he's destined for a franchise tag if they don't get anything worked out, and that'll be roughly $16 million um, in 2018. Because i got to think, even though he had the down year, at a minimum he's looking at that Julio Jones, uh, A.J. Green, Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant range of like $14, 15000000 million a year and over $40 million in guarantees. It's Joel Corey from CBS Sports. Joel, we're going to let you go right now. Oh, just really quickly, I'm not going to. We talked a lot about Matt Stafford. Um, how do you see Kirk Cousins coming out when it's all said and done financially? Oh, I think he's going to get a deal which people are going to be like, "How could he get that much money?" As long as he has a decent year uh, this year, thirty million overall average, hundred million overall guarantee, sixty million fully guaranteed at signing. As long as he does what he's done the past two years, somebody's gonna pay him that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jacksonville. Wow. Woo. That's a new that's the new model. That's a hot take right there. That's a that's a new model though, Willie, you got I've never seen this. Everyone wants to avoid that that franchise tag and Kirk Cousins is like, mm, I'm good. Keep, right. I I'll take I'll take I'll gamble on me one year at a time, and you guys pay me a premium price, guaranteed, one year by one year. I'll let the market keep going up at the position, and then I'll cash in at the very top of that rung. It's an interesting move, Joel, but it's one that I think is going to pay off handsomely for him. Oh, yeah. Tremaine Johnson's doing the same thing with the Rams. Two franchise tags for about $31 million. Only corner who's made more, Josh Norman. He's in a position to reap the benefit next year because they're not going to put a third one on him. So I think these two guys, particularly Cousins, have changed the dynamic how players view the franchise tag. Hey, Joel, thanks for joining us today here on NFL No Huddle. We appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.